I noticed at Cherish, I'm not the only person that waves my Bible around. There were other people doing it. And I thought, oh good, that makes me feel less, uh, less alone. But I do, I want to give time for the Word of God to let God's Word have the run of the house in this place this morning. Because that's how we'll be transformed. And we've got Jonas coming to speak to us. Jonas and his family are here. We've got Josh and Sophie and Sean. You're well, so welcome to be with us this morning. And um, Jonas... Heads up Alive Grantham, one of our locations. He does an amazing job. If there was a definition of pastor in the dictionary, Jonas's face would be there. He's a great pastor, classic pastor, teacher. um, Sean's doing an amazing job leading out in the community, in in a school that she works in. She's a real leader in that sphere. And together in their different spheres, they're really bringing in the kingdom of God. So we honour the spheres that God's put you in individually and how he's called you together to bring in the kingdom. And we're glad that you're here. So let's welcome Jonas. We love you. You're amongst friends. Come and do your thing this morning. Great. Good morning, everyone. Cool. If you want to grab your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 8, we're carrying on our series, Life uh, in the Spirit. And um, I I, I was going to uh, wait for the video to show the passage, but no, can I use your Bible to read? I can't. I haven't got time to turn my phone on. That's awful, isn't it? I brought my hard Bible. Great, let's turn to Romans chapter 8. It is brilliant to be here. I love this place. I love uh, Dan and Joe and just get just so encouraged by you guys and inspired by you guys and it's, it's brilliant. I'm loving this series. I don't know how you guys are finding it here, but we're loving it in Grantham. God's really using it. And uh, this morning we're looking at a life of prayer in the Spirit. And it's uh, Romans 8 verses 26 to 30. So Romans 8 verses Uh, 26 to 30. Great. Let me just read it. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. And then let's just read verse, uh, verse 38. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. What awesome verses, isn't it? I've got a pleasure to to preach on these this morning. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much, Jesus, for being you. Thank you so much, God, for the privilege of being a child of yours. Thank you so much, God. You owe us absolutely nothing and yet give us everything in Jesus. God, we come to you and just say, come and meet with us this morning. I pray for any person in this room who is going through the biggest battle in life they have ever faced. 
I pray they'd understand that you love them so much that you brought them here this morning to hear sermon just for them. And so Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come among us, God. Come and breathe life into the words that we've just read. And I'm believing people will leave here differently for the rest of their lives because of the truth we're going to grasp and allow you to sink into our hearts. And so we love you, Jesus. So come and have your way. And we all prayed, Amen. 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 Great. Thanks, Dan. Let me give you that back. So we're looking at life in the Spirit. And this morning we're looking at a life of prayer in the Spirit. And really all prayer is through the Holy Spirit. We can only enjoy God, know God, experience God, walk with God by His Spirit. But in Romans 8, there's a specific context that Paul is wanting to put that truth into. And he says in Romans 8 that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I love this truth because Paul, this mighty apostle that pioneered churches, that had this incredible experience of Jesus where he went up to the third heaven and was so blown away by that stuff. He was an incredible pioneer, church planter, man of faith. He was awesome. In fact, he's almost intimidating. He's the sort of person when you meet in heaven, you might want to meet last. I want to go and see the apostle John first because he seems lovely and lovey-dovey and he's the apostle that Jesus loved. But Paul is like red hot for Jesus. And I don't know about you, but people like that I get inspired by, but I get slightly intimidated by. And here's the Apostle Paul. He's saying the Spirit helps us in our weakness. He doesn't say in your weakness, which he could have said. He identifies himself in the truth that in the midst of the weakness that every single one of us will feel at times in life, the Spirit comes and helps us. And so this sermon is for every single person in this room. It's for you, even if you've never struggled in life, which I don't know how you've managed to get this far if you haven't, but you've never been in a place where literally you're crying out to God and saying, God, unless you show up, I'm done for. And if you've never been in that place, I don't mean to be the tide of bad news, but you will get to that point at some point in your life, unless Jesus returns this afternoon. But many of us in this room have walked through that. And there may be people in this room in the midst of that. And this is the context that Paul is talking about. This is the weakness of Romans 8, is the life lived in a broken and messed up world. That there are times when the injustice of the world, the the brokenness of this world, that if we're honest, makes us spiritually suffocated. That there are things that happen in this life where we cry out to God, not knowing why these are happening. And that is the weakness that Paul is talking about in Romans 8. He's writing to a group of Christians who are being killed, tortured, imprisoned simply because they love Jesus. Now that kind of humbles me about the little things I complain about. And that's the weakness that he's talking about in the context of Romans 8. Today, 200 million Christians, as we're sat here in this room, are being persecuted simply because they love Jesus. That is the weakness of Romans 8. But we can apply this to any situation we're facing that really brings us to our knees before God and say, God, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to walk through this. I don't even know I've got faith anymore. How can I keep going in the midst of this? It's the weakness that we may feel when a loved one is diagnosed with cancer. And we're thinking, God, this is way out of my ability to do anything with this. It's the weakness that we may feel that we're living with 
with a, an illness, physical illness, for years and years and years. And we've prayed and we've fasted and we cartwheeled and everyone's helpful at times saying, if you have enough faith, you'll be healed. That isn't in the Bible, by the way. But those sort of things, you can have faith. We won't go there, sorry, I just threw that one in. You can tidy that one up afterwards. But the truth is this, there's a mystery in life. And we walk in the mystery of life. That, that Jesus is awesome. But life isn't awesome always. And this is the weakness that Paul is talking about. It's the weakness of praying for years that a husband or a wife or a boyfriend and a girlfriend would know Jesus. And they're seemingly further away from him today than when you first started praying. It's the weakness of longing for your kids to run with Jesus. And they don't even seem interested in him. And you're totally unable to do anything about it. It's the weakness when your mind is plagued with mental health issues and you feel spiritually numb. You feel no feelings. There's nothing going on in your mind at all. And you're thinking, my life, if I was a Christian, would I really be feeling this way? And the truth is this, that is the weakness where the Holy Spirit moves. And this is the truth of Romans 8. And we're going to look at this this morning together. And I'm going to try and rattle through this in 15 minutes. And then I'd love to minister to people who may be in this moment of weakness this morning. And I love it that Paul is so honest. Don't you love the honesty of the Bible? No superheroes, just broken people being mended by a perfect saviour. And he wrote in these moments of weakness, we don't know what to pray for as we ought. There would be times in life, friends, where no matter how faithful you've been for decades, perhaps, that you might find yourself in a moment where you literally run out of words to say in prayer. You might mouth them, but your heart is a million miles away from what you're saying. And I love again that Paul says, we do not know what to pray for as we ought. This mighty man of God, healer, planter, apostle, got to the point in his life where the weakness was over, overbearing him to the point where he just thought, I can't even pray anymore. And this is the weakness that Paul is talking about. And if we're honest, there will be times in our life where we'll find ourselves in this point. And I find this liberating and encouraging. And, and I want to celebrate what the Holy Spirit does in us, in the midst of our weakness. And this verse is eight. This is mysterious, okay? If I get any way to unpacking something of what Paul's saying here, I'll have done a good job because I don't think we can get our heads around some of this stuff because this is so supernatural, so mysterious, so God that our little puny heads can't get this, some of this truth deep into our souls. We're going to look at four things. You guys still with me? Yeah. Awesome. Four things the Holy Spirit does as we come or as we find ourselves in this moment of weakness as children of the king four things the first thing he does he helps the first thing is the holy spirit helps us in our weakness and that word help is only found in two places in the new testament it is found here the holy spirit helps us in our weakness but it's also found in uh, luke chapter somewhere luke chapter 10 with the story of mary and martha and i love this because basically Mary and Martha, Mary sat at Jesus' feet, just loving all the teaching, receiving all that he has for us. And Martha is just running around like a headless chicken, 
just like, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to serve, I've got to do this, do this, do this, do this. And she says to Jesus, she says, Jesus, don't you care? Mary's not even helping me. And that word in the Greek means to come alongside and to help carry the weight of someone else's burden. It doesn't mean you get rid of the burden completely. But just like Mary, Martha was saying, Jesus, tell Mary to come and carry the weight of me trying to serve you. The Holy Spirit comes in our weakness and he doesn't do it all himself. We're not passive. We've got to walk into this in a sense. But he comes and he, he takes the other end of the plank, as it were. He comes and takes some of the burden. And that is one of the glorious things the Holy Spirit does in the midst of our weakness. Suddenly we know we're not on our own. Suddenly in the midst of the questions, the doubts, the disappointments, the battles, the pain, the why gods, there rises up something in our gut that, that we may not articulate, but there's something in there that, God, the pain is still here, but you're with me. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. He loves to, to come alongside and to help carry some of the weight. As Chuck Corson once wrote, God does not promise to take us out of the fire, but he promises to get into the fire with us. So the first thing is he helps. Second thing is he pleads. The Holy Spirit enables us to live a life of prayer, even in our weakness, by interceding for us with groanings too deep for words. Now, what's all that about? <laughs> Here's my understanding of that. Literally in the Greek, it reads, the Holy Spirit intercedes with wordless groanings. And so the Holy Spirit, in the midst of our weakness, comes and walks with us and works inside of us. And suddenly he awakens in us wordless groanings. He's interceding for us in the sense of he's for us. He's our advocate. He's not abandoned us. And in that moment, there's something in our soul that, that awakens to the sense of, whoa, what's happening here? This isn't how it should be. And there's an awakening in our souls that, that, that longs to connect with God even though we may not at times be able to articulate it with words. Now we could spend a long, longer on that. But that's, all, that's my understanding of what that mysterious verse is saying. And I think many of the times when that happens, we may not even be aware of it. It's just such a deep work of the Holy Spirit that it doesn't lead maybe to words being articulated. But there's just a sense that God is at work in us. I think at other times, it can include crying out with the gift of tongues or crying out with a groan as we pray. I think at other times, it's the Holy Spirit comes and works within us in our weakness and suddenly he puts words into our mouth that articulates how we feel that we'd never have come up with. And suddenly we're able to articulate prayer before God in a way that without him we couldn't because of our weakness. And the reason this is so important, friends, is this. It means you can never be too weak for God to work in. You're never going to be in a place where you're too broken for the Holy Spirit to work in. He's never going to give up on you. He's never going to abandon you. He's never going to say, oh, you're not strong enough. I only use strong people. 
And the reason I find this so encouraging is because the devil will come to you and say, if you were a proper Christian, you wouldn't feel like this. If you really were a proper Christian, you'd be, you'd be articulating wonderfully press. And we need to understand that he comes and he meets with us and he pleads. I love this so much. Rick Warren once put it this way. I, can't, I was going to go into this bit more, but it's an incredible journey Rick and Kay Warren went through when their son committed suicide in 2013. It was just, my goodness, if you understand what Jesus is like, just read how they process that and walk through that. And one of the things he said in that was that in God's garden of grace, even broken trees bear fruit. You see, the Holy Spirit comes and he helps and he pleads. Even when we don't know what to say, he's at work. Even when we feel nothing, he's at work. That's what I mean about this supernatural depth of work of the Holy Spirit, which is mysterious. And the third thing is he prevails in verse 27. And he who searches our hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I love this so much. In the midst of our weakness, God hears our groaning. He is the one who stirs up the groaning. And because he's the one who stirs up and awakens it in us, he's the one who totally hears the groanings of our soul. I love this. Sometimes we, we, we can never hear someone else's heart or see someone's heart, but God does. You may never be able to articulate or, or help people understand how you feel, what you're walking through, who you are. God sees. He sees you completely. He sees you better than you know yourself. And the Holy Spirit comes in these moments and He awakens in us this groaning in our weakness. And because He is God, He hears everything. I love this. There's no sigh that is too faint for the ears of God. There's no wordless groaning that, that is too faint for his, his ears, if you want to put it that way, to hear. It's like thunder to him. The things in the secret place, the tears when you're on your own, the, the, the pain and the brokenness and the sense of weakness, which you find totally unable to articulate at times with others. God hears completely. And he doesn't just hear it, he understands it. He says, because... According to the will of God, what is the mind of the Spirit? Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I just find this mind-blowing. You see, the truth is this. Words are not always necessary when dealing with God. These are wordless groanings. And you may be sat here this morning and all you can do is just sit here. It's almost like your faith has left the room. And the Bible is saying, if you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit filled you the moment you gave your life to Jesus. And he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never give up on you. It's not three strikes and you're out. It's not when you're feeling great. He is with you forever. And he's at work in you. And he doesn't just hear the groanings. He understands them. There are times where we're so weak, we wonder whether prayer is worth it. And at those moments, we need to expand our understanding of prayer. And that's what Romans 8 is about. That it's the groanings of the Holy Spirit. Even when we don't even aware, I think, of these groanings. This is the mystery of it. 
And friends, if, you've, if you're sat here bored by this, it means one of three things, perhaps. The first thing is you don't know the beauty of walking with the Holy Spirit. The second thing is you haven't suffered enough in life to grasp this. But the third thing is you don't know the joy of grace at work in your soul when you've got nothing else to give but just simply fall down before the king and say, God, without you, I cannot walk through this. And when we find ourselves in this moment, this is where Romans 8 really hits the ground running. And he comes and he helps and he pleads and he prevails. He doesn't just hear, he understands. And he searches our hearts. Is there anything more incredible or encouraging than knowing that God knows you and understands you? That when you're broken, when you feel worn out, confused, full of doubts, totally unable to pray, he's there and he's with you. And the devil will come and he will say, you're rubbish, you're useless, you're nothing. And I'll tell you what you need to say to him in that moment. You need to say to him, God hears groaning. He hears groaning. Oh, I may not be in the place where I can articulate everything. There may not be in the place where I can, I can feel great and do this. But in the midst of my weakness, God hears the groans of my soul. And this is especially for people in this room who are battling mental health. Because there are times where you wonder whether you're, you're a Christian or whether you're safe or whether you're secure and your mind is poorly, but God is with you and he's not giving up on you and he's at work within you, whether you feel it or not, whether there's dark times in your mind or not. You see, you don't need to articulate words with the Holy Spirit at times. He comes and he groans in your soul in a way you cannot do. And I don't know about you, but I find that magnificent. And then in the last four minutes, truth number four, he provides. And I love this. We could just spend hours looking at this. He provides a few things. When God does this stuff, and this is Christianity, this is biblical Christianity of walking with Jesus. When the Holy Spirit meets us in the midst of our weakness, we see he provides. And I love this. He awakens in us a supernatural knowledge and expectation. Now, it doesn't mean if you don't have this, he's not at work. I hope I made that really clear. But this is what happens when the Holy Spirit works in us and we cling to him. As we do our part alongside him taking some of the weight, as we saw when we looked at what the word help means, is that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. So first we always say, and it's a wonderful verse, but you know that what the power of that verse is, is in the knowing and not simply in the truth of the statement. You see, that, true, that statement is true whether we believe it or not. But the power of this is that Paul, in the midst of his weakness, was able to say, I know, I know. And as people in this room, in the name of Jesus, I just pray over you, my dear friend that you'd know, you'd know, not just out there. I was going to say in here, but there are times we just don't know in here because our mind might be just so full of other stuff. And Holy Spirit, come upon us. Just supernatural confidence in the sovereign hand of God over our lives. 
that you're held in the palm of the Father's hand, that nothing and no one can separate you. And he's with you and he's for you. And then he gives us a supernatural assurance and security in his love. He says, those he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. This, I'm giving my theology away and you may have different theology. That's fine, can't all be right. But uh, that was a joke. Uh, But this unbreakable chain of salvation. When God calls someone and saves someone, it's a done deal. Oh, they may have seasons where they wander, but it's a done deal. They will be glorified. And because it's in God's hands and not our hands, we can be secure and stand. When the feelings go, we stand. When situations come and life falls apart, we stand. Because it's not based on our performance. It's not based on our feelings. It's based on the finished work of Jesus and a sovereign king who, if I may say it as this, is greater and bigger and stronger and more gloriously good than all of us put together. And his hand is on your life. And then the final thing is this love, this truth that I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Again, nothing. You can't lose it. If your sin is enough for you to lose your salvation, that verse is a lie. Nothing can separate you from the love that is in Christ Jesus, your God, our Lord. And that is a magnificent thing. The assurance that we are loved. For I am sure, Paul said. And in the midst of our weakness, our brokenness, it can take a season, it can take a while. But this is the expectation I have. And I've seen it in my life, I've seen it in people's lives that have suffered a million times more than me. That in the midst of the wilderness, there are the green shoots of God's grace. That he hasn't abandoned them, no matter how they felt at the time. He was with them and he was in them and he was for them. Even in the weakness of where they were at at the time. 20 minutes. Thank you, Jesus. That's the first miracle of today. (laughs) Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. I just know this is not a prophecy. This is just life. We live in a broken world that desperately needs a glorious saviour called Jesus. And when you give your life to him, it doesn't take us out of living in a broken world. But a day is coming when we will see him face to face. And he will wipe every tear from your eye. And I promise you this, one millisecond of seeing the majesty and the beauty of Jesus will more than compensate a lifetime of brokenness and suffering. And God, we're here, and I pray for my dear friends this morning. And Lord, I, this is a, a deep word, a profound word, because it's a deep and a profound work of the Holy Spirit that we're looking at. And in these moments, just connect with him. If this is spoken to you, connect with him. In your weakness, I pray, God, 
by your spirit, come and help them. Bear the weight. May that yoke be easy and light, Jesus. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And so, God, we're here this morning and we say, without you, we cannot do this. We cannot make it. And so, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. All over this room, Lord. Fill people afresh. Meet them in their weakness. Meet them in their weakness. May they know your hand is is with them. You haven't abandoned them, no matter how they feel or think. No matter what circumstances are saying. We welcome you here, Holy Spirit. We welcome you here, Lord. And so we give you all the glory, Jesus. And I pray for that supernatural knowledge, that supernatural security, that supernatural assurance all over this room. And we give you all the glory, God, and we can't wait to see you face to face. You are so worthy. And we love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you.